Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Monday, March the 27th. Coming up, a Gillingham student describes how her life has been put on hold after suddenly starting suffering seizures. The government's controversial new migration policy is being discussed again and in sport. Hear from the Jills player who got a sensational last-minute winner at the weekend. But first today, this is our most-read story on the website today. A Ken school has lost its outstanding Offset rating after its first inspection in 15 years. Rochester Grammar has been downgraded to good, but a report has praised staff and students, with the government insisting it's tougher than ever to achieve top marks. The school has been told to improve the support for disadvantaged pupils and make sure everyone's views are taken into account. Or Principal Claire Brinklow has sent us a statement, which you can read in full at Kent Online today. She essentially says she's pleased with the overall result. Now, you may have heard recently there are calls for an overhaul of the school inspection system and some say they should be paused altogether following the death of a head teacher who took her own life while waiting for results on her school. Well, Chloe Conby is an education consultant and former teacher. I think the whole of the system is consumed by offset judgments and obviously we've had this kind of tragic tipping point. So I think the whole system does need to be re-evaluated quite seriously, yes. I mean, this has been going since 1992, offset, and I think lots of people would agree that it's kind of devalued and undermined the whole of the education system. And I think a lot of the questions are, you know, this this is coming from a government at a time where there's very minimal trust in the government from governments that actually refuse to be audited in a transparent way themselves. So I don't think anyone's saying that there shouldn't be internal review process or auditing process within the schools, and there has been for a very long time. But I think the process itself needs to be reviewed because it, uh, Ofsted in and of itself seems to be somewhat inadequate at the moment. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today, and four men are due in court after a fight broke out in a kebab shop in Ramsgate over the weekend. Two of them needed hospital treatment following the violence on King Street in the early hours of Saturday. Police are also investigating the stabbing of a taxi driver in the town on Friday night. A thief who attacked a man and stole his shopping outside an Aldi store in Ramsgate has been jailed. The victim had to be treated by paramedics after being targeted in the supermarket's car park on Hardress Road last month. 36-year-old Paul Jackson from Clements Road in the town has 22 previous convictions and has now been locked up for nine months. Two men are due to go on trial, accused of climbing up the QE2 bridge at the Dartford crossing during a climate protest. Drivers were caught in hours of delays when Just Stop Oil campaigners managed to scale the structure last October. The men who are 40 and 34 deny causing a public nuisance. Now the government's controversial new migration policy is being debated by MPs again. It's aimed at stopping people crossing the channel to Kent in small boats by banning them from claiming asylum. But critics say it breaks international law. The UN's Refugee Agency fears it'll prevent most refugees from seeking asylum here. Vicky Tennant is their representative in the UK. We know that those coming across the channel broadly reflect the nationalities of countries affected by crisis, by, by persecution globally. So we're talking about countries like Syria, Afghanistan, Eritrea, Iran, Iraq, Albania. We work with governments and our job is to continue to engage with, um, with governments and try to find practical solutions, practical alternatives. And we, we believe there are practical alternatives, much more realistic alternatives. Um, that that could be pursued and indeed to some extent are being pursued by the government. So, for example, we think the, the focus of attention really needs to be 
on the asylum system, on asylum processing, getting that working properly so that people are able to present their claims. If they're not refugees, decision can be made quickly, they can be returned to their own countries, and if they are refugees, then they're able to, to embark on that integration journey. And we think that's in everyone's interests, not just the refugees' interests, but also the interests of the British public. You know, we have to remember that the vast majority of refugees are hosted in countries neighbouring their own. So more than 69, 70% are in countries neighbouring their own. Now, if you're a country like Turkey hosting more than 3 million refugees or Bangladesh hosting, you know, just short of a million refugees with all the impacts that that has on your economy, on your infrastructure, on your services. <clears throat> and then you look at a country like the UK, much further away, much less impacted, many fewer refugees. Um, that sends a really unfortunate signal. So we believe that if this goes ahead, it's going to have a really, if, if other countries were to follow suit, it really would have a very significant impact on refugee protection globally. Kent Online reports. We've got some health news for you next on the podcast. And first, we're going to be hearing from a Gillingham teenager who says she's been left in limbo as she faces waiting weeks for an urgent brain scan. Now, Shanice Waterman first suffered a seizure in mid-January and has had several others since. The 19-year-old says there's no warning it's going to happen. And she's been speaking, along with her dad, Steve, to reporter Charlotte Phillips. Sometimes before... I get like a pressure in my head, but sometimes I don't feel it whatsoever. It just kind of happens. Um, and then obviously once I'm out, I don't know anything that's going on. So like when I was being sick the other day, I don't remember it whatsoever. Um, and then when I wake up, I'm just really, really confused. I usually can't speak afterwards for like a few minutes and can't really do anything myself. I'm just really, really, really confused. Yeah, so Shanice passed out while she was at work. Um, so the 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 trampoline park where she works, rightly, won't allow her back until she gets a clean bill of health. Um, so at the moment, Shanice is looking like being out of work for eight, nine months, um, which is obviously no good. And she's also missing university work, more through the anxiety of... Um, traveling to university and that worry of passing out in front of everybody to be honest my life's become really boring <laughs> so i haven't really been able to meet up with friends go out with family as much um i'm pretty much at home all the time just bored out of my mind because i can't do anything or like the things I can do, I'm too scared to go do it alone type of thing. They're not happy with how long they're having to wait for an appointment. Health bosses have declined to comment. Meantime, a young woman from Canterbury who suffers from a rare disease which leaves her feeling like she's burning has spoken about how it's destroyed her life. Millie Martin's been diagnosed with complex regional pain syndrome, which is said to be one of the world's most painful, incurable conditions. The 22-year-old who lives in Chatham developed symptoms when she was seven. This all began in September 2017. I was a normal 17-year-old teenager, had my whole life ahead of me, then overnight suddenly become paralysed, lost the use of all four limbs, my taste and my touch. Started with a huge bruise at the top of my leg and burning in both my big toes. I couldn't wait bare, couldn't walk and I had the most intense pins and needles in my hands, legs and feet. And this all happened out of the blue with no apparent reason. A lot of you are probably confused or a bit unsure about what I mean by my big toes was burning, but it was the most traumatic thing I've ever experienced. From the surface of my toes, deep down into the veins, it felt like they were on fire. 
I was a very robust girl and had a high pain tolerance, but I was screaming out loud, sobbing and begging for someone to help me. I was all on my own and was completely petrified over what was happening. For me to be screaming the way I was, I knew something was seriously wrong. The feeling was continuously there and just wasn't going. So fast forwards, my brain and my body was eventually shutting down. My lips were turning blue and I went deathly white. Everything just stopped. I stopped breathing and I laid in that hospital bed thinking I was about to die. There aren't any words in this world that can comprehend what this pain feels like, but in terms of the burning, it feels like you're being set alight and left to burn and then having sandpaper being rubbed into your wounds. As graphic as that sounds, that's the reality. In addition to that, every day I feel constant stabbing and shooting pains. I have agonising pins and needles. I experience spasms and jerks in my body. I have numbness, paralysis. My limbs don't feel like they're attached to my body and more. This pain is everywhere from my head down to my toes. The only place not affected is the right side of my face. It's even more difficult when chronic fatigue takes over as there's a constant deep dull pain in your body. Your bones feel like they're being broken and I feel like I've been hit and crushed by a boss. Due to not being able to walk, I have to get around on my hands and knees, which not only is degrading, but it's now become extremely dangerous as my knees are completely damaged. I've had so many injuries where my knees have popped, they've dislocated, they're completely bruised, cut open and swollen. My knees have now formed in three different parts and putting pressure on them makes me feel physically sick. Having paralysis is very emotionally distressing. I feel trapped inside my own body. It is horrendous. I have severe panic attacks and it's so scary to all of a sudden have no control over your own body. You can head to Kent Online to see more of a video that Millie has made. Her family are trying to raise £100,000 for treatment in America. Kent Online reports. A Dartford man who'd been prepared to go to court to fight a £100 parking fine has had the penalty cancelled. Lawrence Carney had been accused of leaving his car at a retail park for 23 hours. He claimed he'd visited on two consecutive days and reckons the cameras weren't working properly. We're told the charge has been cancelled as a gesture of goodwill. A popular Indian restaurant in Sittingbourne has been given a one-star hygiene rating after cockroaches were found in the kitchen. Officials also found mould growing on dirty food containers at Latif. A spokesperson for the restaurant says since the inspection in September, they've cleaned up their act and are looking forward to a re-inspection. An autistic woman from Maidstone is fighting to change the education system, saying she wants to make sure no one else has to go through what she did. Megan Horan suffered panic attacks, bouts of self-harm and anxious meltdowns during her GCSEs. Well, despite receiving an education, health and care plan aimed to support her, she says it wasn't targeted for her specific needs. The 23-year-old is now working with Ambitious About Autism Youth Network, which aims to provide more opportunities and a voice for those on the spectrum. As somebody who went from a mainstream primary school to a mainstream secondary then going into a special needs and knowing that the school system did not support me or actually listen to the parents I just want the government to look at the policies and look at the schools themselves and say okay we can see that they're not achieving x y and z whether it's a grade whether it's their annual targets we need to make sure that work is best suited for them because if you're going to put a child or a young person in an exam, whether it's a CATS, whether it's um, the NEU test or exams, if they get poor results, it won't look good on them on the CV because no one's going to take them. So oh, hopefully 
um, in the future, or hopefully next, let's say, a year or two years down the line, hopefully governments are like, actually, we need to change sample to make it a little bit easier for them to get into that C grade to get into a good job. Is it a bit sort of like a catch-22 where, you know, the exams aren't suited, so then they don't get the job and it just keeps sort of spiring, it doesn't is, it? Yes, it's such a vicious cycle. And obviously, I have been through that vicious cycle for so many times now, and it is like... A wall. So you imagine a wall in front of you. You keep banging yourself against that brick wall so many times because you're not getting anywhere. Whether the exams, um, whether the questions are too hard, whether it's the uh, learning that the teachers are teaching them, but not is is not in the paper. So really, it is such a guessing game of what's going to be in the exam. Oh, let's uh, learn about this subject and then put it into the exam, then realising it's the wrong thing they learned at class. Today marks the start of World Autism Acceptance Week. Kent Online News. We now know when cost of living payments will be made this spring. If you're eligible, you'll get £301 before the 17th of May. It's the first of three payments, totalling up to £900 for people on means-tested benefits. It includes about 830,000 households across the southeast. Campaigning is officially getting underway ahead of the local elections in Kent. We'll get to vote on May the 4th and the results will decide who's in charge of councils across the county. Here's our political editor, Paul Francis. Now, these elections are significant and unprecedented, actually, in some ways. You don't ordinarily see all-out elections of every single borough and district council at the same time, but boundary commission changes have come into play, and that is why uh, a decision was taken to hold these elections on the same day. So what's at stake at these elections? Well, inevitably, the council candidates from the different parties will want us to focus on the quality of local services. But these elections will also be seen as a litmus test of public opinion on the national party in government, and that is the Conservatives. While local elections are obviously always supposed to be about local services. Very often they are used to send a message to the government in power and very often it's a negative message. With the Conservatives polling badly behind Labour at the moment, you might expect Labour to be confident of making some progress uh, and increasing its standing on the various different councils. For the Conservatives, the challenge is going to be hanging on to some of the councils it uh, runs. And while it's fairly impregnable in uh, strongholds like Tunbridge and Malling and Sevenoaks, it could be vulnerable in some other areas. The biggest development of self-built homes in Kent has taken a step forward. It's in Ashford and called Orchard Farm with the first phase set to include 122 homes. People will be able to design and build their own properties and detailed plans for the first 25 have now gone to the council. Follow Kent Online on socials today to see pictures of a mystery building that's been discovered under the old police station in Gravesend. The site in Windmill Street has been knocked down and a retirement home 
home is due to be built there, but progress has been delayed by the archaeological find, which is thought could be Victorian. Rag and Bone Man is going to be performing at Margate Streamland later this year. He's joining the lineup for the summer series and will be on the scenic stage on Saturday, June the 10th. Tickets go on sale on Friday. And Miley Cyrus has made it an incredible 10 weeks at number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station, KMFM. Flowers held on to the top spot on the chart last night. Noel Horan is still at number two with Heaven and Zara Larson's Can't Tame Her is at number three. Kent Online Sports. Football and Gillingham are now 12 points clear of the League Two drop zone after a dramatic stoppage time win. They beat promotion chasing Carlisle 1-0 at Priestfield on Saturday. Sean Williams got the winner in the last minute of the game. Well, Sean, you're in the right place at the right time. Last minute goal, 1-0. Man of the match for you personally, a pretty perfect day. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that. Um, I think we had a good, solid performance for the 90 minutes and then luckily enough one fell uh, for us in the right, at the right time. Could the ball have landed any more perfect for it? It just seemed to land absolutely where you needed it. I know, yeah. I think if it was on my right foot it was probably going to clear the stand so luckily it was on my left foot. Um, but yeah, I caught it well and yeah, amazing feeling. But I deserve three points against a side who are, are, are really the tough nuts to crack. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think over the last couple of months we've proved our, our worth in the league um, we've really pushed on here at home and we're definitely on the front foot today and I think worthy of the three points I think we reduced Colorado to one shot on target which Glenn sort of comfortably saved really defensively we just look really really strong and, and stubborn at the moment yeah I think as a collective um, not just singling out praise but as a collective we defend from the front so we're all together. Um, nobody's kind of individualised. We're, we're, we're a solid team and it's uh, shown in the result. How are you feeling personally? It's been three games in the week. How uh, physically, how are you feeling? Yeah, I feel, I feel good. Um, I didn't think I'd play today um, due to the fact of it being three games this week and yeah, came good, didn't it? The Jills are up to 16th in the table and have won seven of their last eight games at home. Here's manager Neil Harris. I asked the players on Tuesday uh, for a response from a disip- from not rate, not hitting the standards that they've set in the three days in and around Walsall and we responded with a victory. Today I asked the group, my staff and the players, uh, for a performance against a top seven side and are we at the level where we can compete with, with them? We were miles better than Carlisle today. For the first hour, we absolutely dominated the game. Um, with, without making clear-cut chances against a, a back seven, we, we dominated the game. Um, became a little bit more even, and was a little bit more threatening on the counter-attack than the build-up play in the next, next sort of 15, 20 minutes. Um, but the last 10 minutes, you know, an injury time, was only one team going to win the game. Just continues the feel-good factor, but brilliant for the fans, the people that come and work so hard to earn their money and, and don't go home early anymore because they're seeing their team and they believe in their team. And, and I didn't see people streaming out at 91 minutes. <laughs> I see them staying because they want to clap the team off um, for a strong performance um, and, and trust and hope in the group that we might come up with something and and, and uh, Carlo a difficult side to play against not just because you know they've got good shape and experienced manager and good players but a goalkeeper that catches everything <laughs> in his six yard box top scorers in the league you've, you've restricted them to one shot on target mm. and forcing them into changes after an hour must be so satisfying 
Yeah, and, and that's that's the beauty of where we are as a team at the moment. We've still got work to do, Luke. You know, we well, I'm fully aware of that. I'm not going to get too carried away, but we've got work to do as a unit to make sure that we get the balance between defensively uh, solid and an attacking threat throughout. Um, the players are now clear after 15 games on how I want them to play, how we want to defend, and how we want to build play, and and the options they have in possession of the ball. Um, we'll only get better as a group. As, as we move forward and, and pre-season really will be an important spell for us um, but a, a clean sheet today against a good side is, is you know is no mean feat and in ice hockey congratulations to Kent's Invicta Dynamos who've won the Southern Cup they were crowned champions after beating Chelmsford Chieftains 3-1 last night and 9-4 on aggregate that's all from us for today thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on Facebook Twitter Instagram and TikTok you can also get an update if the top stories direct your email each morning via the briefing and to sign up to that just head to kentonline.co.uk news you can trust This is the Kent Online Podcast.